do you know if you're a people pleaser? Well, you're probably exhausted from doing so much for other people. You're probably ready for it to be your turn, and yet you feel guilty and selfish if you wanna do something for yourself. If you can relate to that, stay tuned. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and I've got a full solution for you, and we talk about different aspects of that every episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. From emotional intelligence skills, to practical coaching tools. We use my own framework I created called the Solve It Method. And I have guests on from time to time to share their expertise with you as well. So you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are. And now join me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am really excited to have our guest with us today, Bo Maxwell. And Bo, I'm gonna let you tell everybody what you do because I think it's so magnificent. And I want them to hear your story from, you know, from your own words, but to give you guys a sense of it, Bo is a medium and helps people connect to their intuition and wasn't necessarily born that way in certain regards. So I love, I'll let you tell everybody about your education, but this is going to be a great podcast for everybody who wants some kind of practical tool, right? To connect, which is what we're all about here and liberate your people, please are practical tools and maybe thinking like you won't be able to do it. Like I know I felt that way at one point in my life. It just, that kind of language, if anybody had even said that to me, I wouldn't have had the least idea how to connect to my own inner wisdom or my own inner guide, because I was a very pragmatic, very analytical person, which you can relate to both. So with that, I will let you um, introduce yourself and tell us some of your story and we'll get into a really juicy conversation. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brenda, first off for having me. And oh yeah, can I relate to that? (laughs) Absolutely. Currently today, I work as a professional medium and a spiritual teacher, helping other people to open up their intuition. That's my main gig right now. Absolutely love my life. But if we go back, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was raised uh, very much like you said, it was very science-based. It was uh, logical, extreme people pleaser situation type thing. Help everybody else. We don't want to hear about your pain type thing. Right. So I was really closed and that was my job. Like I came into this world, you know, never talking about myself, never helping myself and just helping everyone else. But I was very analytical. I got a math degree in college. Mm -hmm. I opened businesses. One plus one was two, even though I had an introduction to religion, By the time I was a teenager, it was all done. There was no religion in the family, no spirituality in the family. On top of that, psychics, mediums are all frauds and scam artists. This was how I was brought up. Exactly. We know that for sure. Totally. And I would have put money down on that. And that's right. Yeah. And from my religious upbringing, because I was raised very conservative, religious, you know, kind of evangelical fundamentalist. And so I would have even said like satanic. Oh, yeah. You know, like all that tarot cards and mediums and psychics and all that stuff would just be of the devil. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I don't feel that way anymore, but <laughs> but that would have been, had we had met 30 years ago, mm-hmm. I might've thought you were a nice lady, but I would have kept you way, way, way at arm's length. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from my experience, it wasn't because I didn't have the religion, I didn't really have that re- the reaction of like, you know, this is the dark arts or things like yeah. this. I was straight up in an environment where that just wasn't real. Yes. You know, yes. I was in the category. Okay. Yeah. And Santa Claus and then the, you yeah, know, and right. all of those other kinds right. of things. Santa Claus real. is that real? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, Santa Claus is real. Okay. I mean, mediums are not, <laughs> but, but mediumship is not right. So that's, that was the environment that I was raised in. And I, uh, you know, like I said, raised to be codependent, raised to be just the giver and do, 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 do. And so yeah. I was achiever. I was an only child top of my class, blah, 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 blah. Now fast forward, I'm 32. 
and my grandmother, who was actually my source of uh, nurturing love as a mother, Uh she was that source for me. Uh, she passed away. I was in New Hampshire. She was in Minnesota. So we were far enough away that all I could do is be on the phone uh, during this time with the family. I hang up the phone. She's now passed. My husband takes the kids to the grocery store for wine and chocolate because sometimes, you know, he scored good points. And yeah. <laughs> and so I was alone in my apartment and I was trying to decide, do I get an airplane ticket or do I break down and cry? <laughs> These are my two options. Yeah. And uh, she showed up in my living room scared, mm. just scared me. I, I would love to say it was this beautiful, like grandma moment, yeah. but that wasn't real. And the only reference I had had up to that point, because I was very sheltered around it. The only references I had were horror movies. Yes. So, and it wasn't out of the corner of my eye. It was right in front of me. She was about 70% solid. So it was not like oh, very a real baby. Yeah. It was a, and yeah. I panicked and, and I, I look back now, she's five foot tall, standing sideways, looking at me, winking and smiling. I now look back and say, very funny lady. That was very funny. You cheeky little lady. Cause she was, she yeah. was, yeah, she's, she's an absolute hoot. She's got this personality that's bigger than life, but it, it was frightening at first. And then signs after signs, after signs kept coming. Then I, after that one initial moment, I kept feeling this overwhelming feeling when she was around and I had to kind of put that together and then I had to find support. And Mm. the first support person I found was a Tai Chi instructor. And I went to his Tai Chi place and said, listen, you're the weirdest person I know. Will you help me? (laughs) And we both look back on that now and laugh. Uh-huh. And he was a dear, kind, loving man that even though this lady came in and said that, <laughs> I'm still going to love her. Right. And he did. And he showed me how to get yes and no answers and how to sit with that and use my body and to feel and to communicate with her. A couple months later, she gave me proof that there was no going back. The proof she gave me was just that you, you can't, this is, it's impossible. This has to be real. Fast forward, I start working as a professional medium, and then I start teaching others how to access their intuition. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I have a couple questions about me being a medium, and then we're going to dive into this place where I think what your topic intersects so well with being a people pleaser, because everything about being a people pleaser and focusing all that energy and all the, that doing on other people keeps us away from our own intuition and, or at least connect. We might have intuition about others. Great, but not ourselves. I mean, there was a time I was so disconnected from who I was that, I mean, really, I hardly knew the least thing about myself in all reality. I could have described myself to you through the roles I was playing and all the things I was doing, but none of that, you know, now, you know, we, we know, and I'm not the first person to talk about this. There's such a big difference between the roles we play Mm -hmm. and who we truly are. But the only way I knew how to even connect to myself was through my roles because my whole life was outer focused and not inner focus. So hold on folks, because we're headed there. But I'm really curious. It's the selfish part because when you have your own podcast, you get to be selfish once in a while. I'm really curious about the medium part. And so what do you do? So, and I always forget kind of the difference between like a psychic and a medium. So tell Mm -hmm. us, and, and how do you use it? Are you helping people connect to people they've lost or do you just use it for an inner journey? How, how are you using this talent in your own work? So the difference between psychic and medium, psychic can tap into people, places, and things and the energy around us. So psychics can tap into source energy, universal energy. They can tap into, like I said, a building or a person or a situation. Okay. And they get information about that. A medium has a direct communication with a being or a soul. Okay. So, so everyone falls somewhere on you know, the spectrum of psychic versus medium. Some are very much a medium and very little psychic. Some are very psychic, very little medium, but most people fall somewhere in the middle. 
For example, I am very heavy on the medium side and very light on the psychic side. So the running joke in my circles is that if I lose my keys, I can't just look for them. I have to wait for a deceased person to tell me where they are. Okay. So, or call my girlfriend who's psychic and go, can you tap in and just look for my keys? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> so that's okay. really the difference between the that two. Helps. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's always been fun because I've taught so many people over the years and I've heard this so much. You know how if you have curly hair, you want straight hair. Now if you have straight hair, you right. want curly hair. Right. That's kind of what it's like with mediumship and psychic. And oh, I find it absolutely fun that mediums are like, I wish I could just, and the psychics are like, I wish I could. So right, we have right. Interesting. Yeah, but, okay. But me personally, I communicate with uh, individuals on the other side. And I also communicate with individuals who are transitioning through their death process and crossing over. Uh, and I only do that in the case that they need a little assistance to complete mm-hmm. their journey. For for myself, I don't currently do individual sessions anymore, but I did for like 15 years. And those sessions really were uh, confirmation connection and some guidance, a lot of healing. Sometimes when somebody uh, has a moment that's so connective with a loved one on the other side, mm-hmm. it really, it, it brings a lot of peace and a lot of calm. Mm-hmm. So those were pretty much my sessions is people checking in on people uh-huh. or that, or that wife that was married for 60 years and says, Earl just needs to tell me if I should sell this house or not, you know? Right. So and I love all of those sessions. So I did, I did those for a number of years, but the teaching has become um, so large now that that's where all of my focus is. And now I teach others to go out and be uh, professional intuitives. Super interesting. So of course we will have in the show notes um, links to Bo's website, which is the Sage Method. Yep. The Sage Method. Okay. Yeah. Um, dot com super easy uh, but we'll have the link in the show notes also and I just I, fe- I spent some time of course on your website before we started talking and I was just intrigued by all of it I just think it's a wonderful thing you're doing so help us today with I guess first I'm sure you have a really good practical tool you want to take us through and but maybe before we go there Talk about some of your own journey of getting sort of um, past the, the blocks and the habits that being a people pleaser, being codependent, create for us in that internal journey to tap into our own intuition and inner guidance. Like, what was that like for you and and kind of how did you get there? I opened up after my grandmother, you know, Mm -hmm. showed herself and started to communicate with me. Beyond that, I met my first spiritual guide who taught me most everything I know today. He was the one that taught me how to open up my intuition. And this was not a short process for me. It was probably, it was well over a year, but he taught me a couple of things. Number one, that everyone's intuition is just as strong as everyone's everyone else. We sometimes see a famous person on TV and go, wow, I could never do that. But the thing is, is that's their calling and they do it every single day. Yes. But all of us can get messages that accurate because we all have a sixth sense, but society has invited us into this concept that that's not real, or you can't do it because you're not quote gifted or special or chosen. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's like saying that about taste buds. It's, it's like saying, well, these special people on TV can taste things, but you can't. Yeah. So he was really clear about that. He was also very clear about why people can't currently access their intuition and these accuracy moments is because of clutter. So your intuition is already hundred percent on it's, it's already, it's, it's strong, but we clutter and we clutter with emotional clutter, a physical mm-hmm. clutter, environmental clutter. And why I'm so excited to meet with you on this podcast is because my kind of clutter that was blocking all of my intuition was really that people pleasing clutter. It was taking care of everyone else. Uh, putting myself absolutely last and all of my energy 
went out, out, out. And I did that. And I discovered as I started to slowly stop doing that, that that action had um, kept me numb. I guess Mm. it kept me numb. So I didn't have to look at the things that, that were end up being very painful to review, which is there's no one showing up for me. There's I'm, I'm actually very alone. There's a bunch of people around me, but there's no one showing up for me. There's no one to be there if I fall there's. And so that kind of those, those messages, which were throughout childhood, all the way into adulthood were, I think painful. And so my technique of numbing was to go outward and outward and outward and focus on anybody and everybody else and everything else. So I didn't look inward. That's why my intuition wasn't working. When I learned how to set boundaries, this guy told me you got to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. I remember the day he said, what do you want? And I thought, huh? Right. I don't know what you mean. Can you explain yes. it to me? Yes. What do I want? Well, so-and-so needs, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. What do you want? And it was like, that was a hard one to sit down and yes. go, okay. Yes. Yeah. To, okay. What, okay. What do I want? And then you know, I started to explore that. So I learned how to set boundaries. I learned how to actually want. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how to expect love the way I gave it in return. And those things all started to release a lot of the blocks around me, which was that outward mm-hmm. block kind of thing. And the caring of everyone's mm-hmm. energy. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, it's so much. And I love to talk about empathy and what I consider like the dark side of empathy, which is this idea that somehow what empathy means is that we just take on everybody's energy and their emotions and as if we can't do anything, as if there's no stopping it. So Mm -hmm. when I'm overwhelmed by all the, or exhausted by all the emotions of everybody I've been with today, like, well, that's just me having empathy. And I say, no, 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 no. That is like empathy gone awry, empathy with no boundaries, because Mm -hmm. I can very much have my own boundary that doesn't take on your energy or your emotion while I am being present with you in your energy and emotion, right? It's about that empathy is about knowing that how that person is thinking and feeling is their truth in that moment. It doesn't mean I have to either agree with them or take it on myself. But I think somehow when empathy got popular, like somehow it got hip to be empathetic, you know, (laughs) and somewhere in all of that, as we often do, we swung to this other extreme of empathy without boundaries, which I, there's a way more dysfunctional word for that. I don't know. And maybe nobody's made up, but really <laughs> what people are talking about so much to me is empathy without boundaries, which is very dysfunctional to me. But, and I also think the other thing you just said in the last few minutes here that I think is really big, it was big for me and my people pleasing journey. And I don't know if you experienced the same, but along with all that focus on the outer, all the giving and all the doing for others, mm-hmm. even when there are those moments that we're realizing how depleted we are, how no one's showing up for us the way we're showing up for them. Often, I think the conditioned response is, so I just need to go do more for more people or at least certain people, because if I do enough for them or others, collectively, then one of them will start showing up for me in the way I want. Yep. And that is a very flawed premise because it doesn't usually happen. I mean, of course, once in a while, uh, codependent gets lucky, right? But um, usually we are in fact surrounded by people who don't want us to show up for ourselves. Mm -hmm. They love that we're so willing to give and give and do and do and do. And if we do start to turn our energy back towards ourselves, they will retaliate. Oh yeah. Or leave or threaten or all of the above. Now, of course, some people will adjust and, and shift their relationship with you and come with you and want to be a person who's supporting you. But I think that that's part of what can make it hard. It's like 
taking a wheel that's just spinning, spinning, spinning in one direction. And not only do we have to stop it from spinning in that direction, we've actually got to get it going in another direction. And it, I'm, I'm always saying, and even as I'm about to say this out loud, I might reframe this, but um, I'm always saying that we can, once we start taking care of ourselves first and prioritizing ourselves, then we can give to others out of our overflow. And, but at the same time, there is the understanding that we have probably also attracted a lot of people that won't appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for so, me, yeah. So tell us, do you intersect? I mean, does that, was that true for you? And how did you work your way through that? Because it's painful. I mean, I lost a marriage. I, you know, I lost a lot of people that were really important to me. But what happened for me, which I'm grateful for, is it got very crystal clear to me in my own mind that. If I stayed in relationship with them, I would be sacrificing myself. And I mean, to the point that like, I felt like I would be dying. It, yes. And uh, so I relate to that like, deeply. Some sort of, you know, ephemeral sacrifice. No, like I would die inside. And deeply. deeply yep. Yeah. 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 And so I couldn't, once I realized that I couldn't choose a path that would make me die inside. Exactly. There, there hits a wall. Yeah. And I hit a wall as well. I am also a divorced marriage of 20 years. Uh -huh. I lost my uh, quote, best friend and mm -hmm. business partner, put that in quotes because the minute I didn't take care of the entire business and yeah. run everything. So he didn't have to, then I was not worthy for me. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to everything you're saying. And then it's, it's bubbling up for me and how it showed up was I realized that's how I identified myself. I found my worth in how much I did for other people. Yeah. And I was, I was trained to do that. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, people will love you if, mm -hmm. but there wasn't this moment where, and my, my grandmother loved me unconditional and taught that, but unfortunately I wasn't able to be raised by her. Yeah. So my home base was your only lovable if yes. you do this and you do this and you do this. And so I, do, I, I wore that as a badge mm -hmm. of, look, I'm a good person because look, you can see all the things I do for everyone else. Yes. And my transformation was really about waking up and realizing, wait, I'm a good person. Even if I didn't do anything Yes. ever, like just I could just sit here, here yeah. on this rock. And I yep. am a great person. Yes. And I had to, I remember my guide talking to me about what would you do if a friend fell over the boat? I would jump in and get them. Well, then you're a good person, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and it was like, well, let's figure out who you are, not who you are based on everything that you do for everybody else every single day. Would yeah. you show up? You would? Good. Now let's, let's find people that will show up for you as well. And it was yeah. quite the transformation. Yes. And it is. And it's quite the experience then to create, a, you know, even if it feels like sort of a new life, which is how it felt to me yeah. of people who really show up for you, where your relationships really feel reciprocal. Yes. I remember one of my first friends that uh, cared deeply and unconditionally for me he did something and I responded, okay, well, I'll do this for you then. And he stopped and he said, friendship isn't reciprocal. Mm -hmm. We're not making tally marks. Not tip for tat. Yeah. No. Yeah. When you need something, I'm there. When I need something, you're there. That's it. The rest of the time, let's just go out and have coffee. And I was like, yeah. So I had to learn that because I wasn't taught that that was okay. And yeah. here I am today with my partner, soulmate, incredible, but I get to be all of me, like even yes. the annoying parts, yes. which is just so much fun because I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be goofy and I'm gonna crack a really bad joke and you're gonna, you know, petty laugh because you love me. So yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to be all of that and to not be worried about um, annoying people or upsetting people or the best for me, the most freeing thing for me in all the transformation, even though 
uh, my transformation happened through this spirituality and having to go inside and open up my intuition. The best thing for me is living a life where I don't have to walk on eggshells, where I don't have to think ahead of time of when to say what that's freeing for me. So liberating. Yeah. And I also didn't know. And I think that this is, this is a big hill for a lot of people to climb. I didn't know what would be on the other side. I didn't know that there were partners and friends that would love me just for me. Like that was never presented or shown or taught. And so it's can be scary to step Mm -hmm. into this thinking I could be completely alone. Yes. I think most of us have some point on our journey where it feels that way. Like one of the ways, one of my teachers who I took my coach training through is Dr. Martha Beck. And one of the metaphors she uses is like, you're going up this elevator and as you go up, other people get off on, you know, whatever floor. And there are other people on those higher floors waiting for the doors to open and come join you. But there's usually a little bit of time. You're just riding that elevator alone. And you're like, uh, hello, is this, you know, going to be okay? Am I going to meet other people? And I think that's part of when people that do, even though the way I suppose, you know, we could say that you work and I work as a very different modality that's what we're here for so that you don't have to ever feel like you're in that elevator alone. Exactly. And I had people that were there, you know, even if they were only people I was paying to be my coach or my therapist or my teacher or be in their class or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's the best money. And believe me, I spent plenty of it when I had no money and I was just charging stuff, having no idea how to pay for it because (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to have to go through, you know, like figure that out by myself. I wanted people to help facilitate my journey. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely how I see myself as a facilitator of somebody else's journey to help them get past all those things that get in the way that block us from the very thing that is, I mean, to take us back a little bit to where, what you said quite a few minutes ago that I love so much, we all have it. Mm-hmm. We all have that intuition. We all have that inner guide. We all have all of everything we need, but these coping mechanisms and life experiences and traumas and, you know, all the things, you know, block us from that. It's like just cl- clutter. That was the word you use. I love that. It, it, that it emotional clutter. Yep. All that clutter to where we can't see it anymore, you know, and just like, you know, you think of, I hate those hoarder shows, but if you think of one of the hoarder, you know, TV shows, like you, they open that door to that house. You have no idea what's in, what that house looks like. All you can see is the stuff. And that we see that stuff for so long. We think we can think that's who we are. I mean, I just thought that's who I was and it was great, right? The thing that's, I think one of the unfortunate traps of people pleasing as a coping skill, which it is, is that it's so appreciated and sort of nobilized by culture because we're doing so much for so many others. And so it's where it, whereas other people pick up coping skills that are more destructive. And so culture frowns on those, right? Yep but we're helping, you know? Yeah. And so it can be very hard when you're looking at that hoarder house and you just think that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And unlike a hoarder, so this metaphor breaks down, but anyway, Hey, I'm talking off the top of my head here. Unlike hoarding, it's noble instead of judged. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think this is who I am. I'm getting plenty of applause and accolades. So the risk of ending that cycle and finding out who I really am, if I pack up all that stuff and they clean out everything, all the clutter, what's left. I think that can be a, I mean, I know I was at a point, you know, this is many years now, but where I didn't really know what would show up even as me. I didn't know enough about who I was to know what I would find. Exactly. And that identity that we take on, I love what you just said, that society cheers it. And you, we don't have a line of people coming up to us going, why are you doing that? Don't do yes. that. That's hard for you. Don't do that. We don't have that. And 
the other label that I took so much pride in. Oh, I was just like, this was just broad. I would tell anybody at any point that ever listened. I am a problem solver. I'm a problem oh, for solver. Sure. Yes. I am a problem solver. Look at me. Somebody look yes. at me. the problems I'm solving. I would search out problems. I would attract problems to me. Mm-hmm. I told you I was divorced after 20 years. I was one big that was a big problem. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. but and I it, took it, a job that was problem solving. That, that's what my whole real estate career was about problem yeah. solving. Yeah, exactly. And someone said to me once, if you identify yourself as a problem solver, then you will spend your life looking for problems. And I went, Ooh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And that was a, that was an awesome words that I heard. So I was confronted uh, now granted for me, like I said, this was a spiritual guide. He was teaching me, he was asking me these questions, confront, like kind of confronting me with these questions. And I had to step into this concept of who am I, if I'm not a problem solver and I don't help other people. And, uh-huh. and I, I, I had to get past that concept of helping other people yes, yes. because I just saw it in a broken way. Yeah. And I, I, so I had to redefine that and yes. redefine it in a healthy way. And yes. I'm grateful for all of this that's happened to me and I would do it again. And I would even ask for it a little bit sooner. Let me tell you yes. <laughs> the next time around, because I get to laugh every day now. I don't live any days now with fear or nervousness or anxiety. I have fun. I am my goofy self. And and I got to tell you now, if I do or say something, you know, wacky or goofy and it irritates someone, I think, well, that's an easy, you know, way to go. Yeah. We don't, we don't match. So we're not going to, we're not going to energetically connect, but yes. And that's okay. And that's okay. Before I would get compelled. Mm-hmm. to, well, now I need to figure out how to befriend them or connect with them in some way. Like it's my job. Yep. Cause everyone because, has to like you. Yeah. Yep. Everybody has to like me. Everyone has to like you taking us back to, because if not, we aren't worthy. Exactly. And I think that that's such an important part of the story. And I have so many people that really begin their work with me sometimes they don't always realize it themselves, but it doesn't take long before they realize, oh, I do that because I don't think I'm worthy unless I do. Yeah. But who am I? You know, not just who am I, but like, how does that have value? We put so much value on this doing for others and culture supports it. But then I'll say, and I can't even remember who I just said this to somebody in the last week or two. I don't remember if it was a client or a friend or family who it was, but I was like, but because they were making such a compelling case for Mm -hmm. why, you know, their worth was about the things they did. And I said, but if I were laying in a hospital bed in a coma, would you say I have no value? Like I can't do anything now, right? I'm, I'm, I can't do a thing. I can't talk to anybody. I'm not all I'm, in fact, all I am is needs. I can't even shit and eat by myself hardly, you know, like, so if I'm that, oh, okay. Then based on what you're saying, I have no value. And then that, that was enough of a interrupt, you know, that she was like, oh no, wait, wait, I wouldn't say that. And then that started. It's funny how sometimes the weirdest thing can just start to unravel a story that has held on to us for Mm -hmm. a long time. And it just started to break down her own mental, you know, process that, Oh, wait a minute. That's actually not true that my value is based on what I do. I may get applause for it, but when we get to that real value as a human being, our birthright value, it has nothing to do with what we do. Exactly. What a fantastic analogy. Absolutely fantastic. And we don't stop to think about that. I share with you kind of the similarity of, you know, I finally stepped away out of concern that my depression had gotten so dark that, you know, I was going to do something. And I knew that this was now a matter of, of saving you know, myself. And I hit a point where it was like, well, I'd rather be alone Mm. than do one more day of this Mm. pattern. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the particular people. It's just the pattern. 
Mm-hmm. And that was the day that I, that I took the leap. I mm-hmm. took the leap and started to realize, oh, there is someone on those top floors. Wait a yes. minute. And, and they're, they're waiting like, for you. They're waiting. They were yeah. waiting for me. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. And I had to, I had to relearn a few things. Oh, I sure. remember when I, I met my uh, partner today, the first time we got into a fight, wasn't even that big of a fight. The first time we got into a fight, I went, I went in, I was ready. Yeah. And, and he sat for a minute and he said, he said, I can understand how that would have made you feel insecure. I can't promise I'll do it again, but if you talk with me a little bit, so I understand it, I can try to never do that again. I had no clue what to say to that. Right. I was like, what? (laughs) What? None of that made sense. Can you translate that into codependent please? Cause I don't understand any of that. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and he's helped me learn. So I had to relearn. We have to, we have to relearn some of these things, Yes, but what a joy to be able to do that. So we might not be dressed the same as those people on the top floor or whatever, but they'll help us with our style. They'll help us rediscover our style and be able to express ourselves and be comfortable. And yes, if I had a wish for everybody, it would be that they could live each day with inner peace. Yes. And people pleasers don't have that. Yes, because I think, and you can tell me if you see this differently or want to expand on it, but hearing you say that to me, inner peace only comes when we are unapologetically in tune with who we are. And those may sound like words that don't have meaning. I don't know to some people, what does that look like? But that kind of peace, I can't, have that level of inner peace when I'm pretending to like something I don't like, when I'm pretending that I need to go make myself do one more thing for this one more person. And it's, and, and that's really what I want to do. Like, I can't, you can't do those, all the pushing that we do as people pleasers Mm -hmm. to make ourselves go that extra mile to solve one more problem. Like there's no peace in that. I solve plenty of problems. I do plenty of things for other people, but none of it feels like any of that because I'm doing it from my own authentic desire Mm -hmm. to do something for someone and not because I feel that whatever pressure that I have to, I need to, they won't like me if I don't, you know, those kinds of things. That's what takes us out of our peace. Yeah. And holding ourselves in places of discomfort because Mm -hmm. we feel we're required to Yeah, not having that freedom to say I'm uncomfortable and this doesn't feel right for me. Not having that ability to say that. And I remember uh, visiting a town. We had never been in the town before. And my partner and I, we drove up and we got out of that. We were driving a truck. We got out of the truck and started and everything in me is like, don't go down there. Like, don't go into that. In, into, and I, and I, I said, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, but let's go anyway. And it was really uncomfortable down there. You know, we got approached by a couple of people. It was just, it was, it was yeah. not okay. And then it tipped into where the human part of you goes, not a good idea to be here. Go back to the truck, Yeah. go back to the truck. And now we have this extra layer of an experience that we didn't have to have. If I would have just been okay listening to myself yes changing plans yes which for people pleasers when we do that to other people that's that whole changing yeah Mm -hmm. how dare we you know we're going to go through whatever we're going to go through to make sure everyone else is okay and um i'm grateful today to have people in my life such as him that looks at me and says are you kidding if you're uncomfortable you need to right (laughs) you know you're the that was that was fun because he's like you're the intuitive (laughs) right right let's let's use that to our advantage true let's use that to our advantage shall we yes so I love all of this all the things so give I really want to have you um talk to everyone in the audience here about this tool you have with the letters yes I love this tell us about it I'm gonna my little slightly dyslexic mind already has jumbled (laughs) up the letters so I won't even attempt you tell us what it is and let's do it. 
this is a tool that that guide gave me over 15 years ago and it was it's a game changer i've been teaching it to thousands of people all across the globe at this point and i tell people it's simple i'll walk you through it right here okay and then try it for like a week and okay. start to pay attention to the differences that happen within you and outside of you as well it's called gcp GCP. Okay. Yeah. It's, I was like GPS. No, that's not right. Yes. ESP. It's yeah. something like that. Something like that. It's those letters. Yes, exactly. And it, it's three steps. We have three bodies. We have the physical body. We have the programming body, which is the mind on linear time. That's the programming body that is taught to be the people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And then we have the spiritual body which is us, actually us. Yes, the true self. And this yeah. is what this is what we're all working toward is to get rid of that personal programming so we can let our spirit come through so we can be who we are. GCP balances those three bodies. Grounding is for the physical, clearing is for the, the mind, and then the protective is for the energetic body. Now it's ground, clear, protect. But, okay. in, essence, but in essence, what we're doing is we were all taught to take care of our physical body. All right. Set those boundaries, right? Don't, don't stand too close kind of thing. But many of us weren't taught to take care of our energetic body, that spirit. Here's the kicker. The energetic body, the spirit is expands outside of the physical body. Mm-hmm. So when you have an interaction with someone, and I love teaching people this because, because many times they're like, Oh, that makes sense. When you have an interaction with someone, let's say a stranger comes up and yells at you about parking before those words ever land on your ears, they're going to energetically go into your system. Mm-hmm. So the energy will hit you first, then you will hear the words being yelled at you. This is why we react. This is why the second the words hit our ears, we are reactive. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't the case, if the first thing was that our human body heard th- the words, we would have a very different reaction. We would be like, what did you say? Oh, is that what you said? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, all right. You're mad about parking, but that's not how it works. It hits us energetically first, which is what tenses us up. Then we hear the words. So GCP takes care of that energetic body so that it doesn't take on what we're not supposed to take on. If this person's parking issue is their parking issue, it doesn't have anything to do with us is not going to come into our energetic body for people pleasers, for empaths. This is massive because people pleasers and empaths walk around with an energetic body full of everyone else's emotions and problems. And so when we get to the clear part of this for all the empaths out there, pay a lot of attention. So three steps, ground, clear, protect ground. We anchor into mother earth, whatever that looks like for you, tree roots, just say, Hey, mama earth, whatever that looks like for you. Okay. Uh Just hold hold me tight. Mm -hmm. That's the physical body connecting with the earth. Second step Mm -hmm. is clearing, pick an element that you love the most water, wind, fire, have that element go all the way through your body. Imagine it going all the way through and clearing out everyone's crap. Just go right out for me it's water so yeah me too the water just runs right i love showers yeah (laughs) oh my gosh we ever cried in the shower right clearing so imagine the element going all the way through you and washing away the 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 stuff that you're not supposed to carry then you're going to do protective bubble so you can start with a bubble just a big bubble that surrounds you and that bubble is protecting your energetic body Mm -hmm. lastly because we don't want to isolate ourselves. We still want to have experiences. We're going to say to that bubble, allow in what's for my highest good. Do not allow in what is not for my highest good. Once you start doing it, it takes five seconds to do, do it a couple times a day. This act is a statement of every single day saying I'm of value. And this bubble is honoring me by only allowing in what is supposed to come in and keeping out what isn't. So you're taking care of yourself. Then yes. what's in your energetic body is all you. It's you amped up stronger than ever. Yes. And you imagine the help that you can now actually do for people. Right. Because you're not helping them with everyone else's baggage dragging along behind you. Right. You can show up. You can 
um, you said it earlier that you can provide them with that energy that's overflowing Mm -hmm. instead of pulling and depleting from you. Mm -hmm. And really cool stuff happens when you do this. My favorite thing that happens is that negative people that like, you know, are drawn to complain around you. They don't anymore. It's really weird. People would be listening to this going, no way, seriously, try it for a week. You'll be like, whoa, that one coworker hasn't talked to me for three days. <laughs> huh. And all she so does is- You're just taking the moment to intentionally go through just sort of, I, I'm thinking of it like I'm imagining this because I'm. I, I, that's just the way my mind works, I guess, whatever. I'm imagining, so I'm grounded into Mother Earth. I like I usually think of it as like roots mm-hmm. me into the ground. And then I'm just imagining all that water clearing out all the stuff that isn't mine mm-hmm. in my body. Mm-hmm. And then I'm creating, and then I'm imagining this bubble that I'm putting up around me where I'm protected from outside energies that I don't want, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. That are not supposed to come through to you because, you know, we do have occasionally, you know, a fight or something with someone we love and it is part of the path, Yeah, but, but the grumpy person at the post office, that's not our gig and we don't need to carry yeah. that anger. Yeah. And even with the, you know, grumpy partner, yeah. there's always that place. I mean, there's no way to like put a rule on this, but there's like, there, there is that place where I can connect with them and show up in my truth and be empathetic to theirs and leave them to their own truth and their own feelings. Yes. Because I think that's one of the fundamental parts that's so hard to come out of as a people pleaser is that if I've pissed my partner off, it doesn't become my job to make them feel better. Yeah. Even if I legit did it, you know, like I legit did this thing, it pissed you off. So that my old programming would be, especially because I actually did something Mm -hmm. that now that's somehow my fault or my responsibility. And now I need to make you feel better about that or do something to pay you back or compensate or, you know, whatever, whatever, instead of being able, the way I'm imagining this, if I've done this process and I'm, I've cleared out what is not mine and doesn't serve me. And I've got my bubble. I can actually be in what to me would be, I'm going to call it true, like authentic compassion. Yes. Okay. I'm going to be compassionate that I've done something that upset you and still leave you to process your own feelings around it or leave it to you to say whatever it is you might want to say to me about that without all that trying to anticipate what, what would make you feel better if I said this, would that help and, and all that all that trying to anticipate what the other person needs or did I do it? Did I make you mad? Or was it like, uh, you know, again, that's what pulls us out of our peace because that's not ours. Yes. Energetically or emotionally that's theirs. And the reason why it feels so awful is because we're over in somebody else's bubble. We're over in somebody else's bubble. Exactly. Another great example is a friend comes to you and they're suffering. Maybe they're in a really difficult relationship and they, and they're trying to get the courage to get out of it. If you continually take some of their energetic suffering away from them, you could be keeping them there. Yes. Because sometimes we need to have that much of the energy in us to, to propel us forward. And even though as a people pleaser, you want your friend to be okay. You sometimes you need to recognize that that bubble of yours has to stay there because taking away their pain and suffering, isn't going to help them. So you can now show up and be present with them exactly where they are, love them, protect them and be by their side but make sure they still get to go through their authentic experience. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because I think, unfortunately, we inadvertently mm-hmm. harm others when we make life easier for them. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be more difficult to do with this bubble because yeah. you're also kind of relying on your spirit and your source, whatever that source is. Uh, it, it's different for everybody, but you're relying on your source to kind of go, Hey, wink, wink. I, I'm set this bubble up. This is my intention. And your source is going to be like, yeah. all right, all right, Bo. No, no, you're not taking on that today. Yes. <laughs> you got to let yeah. her have that. So this is not a process. I believe that this is not a process where we're alone. And right. I realized that when I, when I started to connect with guides and loved ones, and I realized, wow, I am way more watched over than I had ever a clue yeah. that I was. And then I, and I'm not alone and that that's helpful as well, but to be present yeah. with someone and not fix it for them is, is very loving. It really is. It really is. And it feels very unnatural. So yes. I think that's the other thing I want people to hear is it's not as if this peace that you will feel when you do this, just because it's peace doesn't mean it feels, there still be a part of you that's just like, wait a minute, this mm -hmm. feels weird. This is off. What's wrong? When you I know? first, yeah, when I first did this and I was actively practicing it for my first week, uh -huh. I, I was addicted to Starbucks chais and I went downtown. There was no parking across the street was a parking lot from a restaurant that had closed down. And I'm like, I know that's not legal, but yeah. here we go. Yeah. Right? Right. So I pulled in, I was going to run in and come back out. I got out of my car to notice a woman that was also parked in there. She put down a book that she was reading, got out, made a beeline for me and started screaming at me about parking in this parking lot. Because I, ha I remember being so in awe that this what the heck this GCP thing works. Look at this. Holy yeah. crap. I mean, I remember standing there going, I'm not sparked by this. Like this is a real, and I was so, but such a bizarre feeling yeah. that I was kind of giddy about that feeling. And I remember all of a sudden there was silence and then her going, well, and I went, Oh, okay. I'm trying to think about what I want to say. And I remember her just going, what? Right. Like, what? what? And I'm like, I know this is really weird. And I, I'm like, I was like, but here's the deal. I told you're right. You're totally right. I'm illegal, but I am going to make the choice to go in and get a drink. And here's the thing. If you get me towed, you went that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yes, you, get to, do that. you yeah. get to do that. And I wish I could go back to that moment because I was so healing myself and just stepping into this new GCP process that I was so kind of self-consumed with it. I do yeah. wish I could go back to that moment to stop and also say to her, are you okay? You know, because anyone that's going to stay in a parking lot all day to, to pick a fight has got some something going on, something going on. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I do wish I could go back in time and, and stop and ask her if she's okay, but it worked so well that I was like, this is weird. Yes. Yeah. Really weird. So, uh, it was wonderful. And I, yeah. I have been able to now function that way where if somebody is overstressed and they're, they're releasing all of that and it doesn't affect me, I can do something, open a door, tell them, yeah. you know, it's okay. You got this. I understand, you know, whatever it is to assist in a calm manner. So, yeah. I tell people, oh, try it for that. a week. You'll see. It's really cool. Yeah. So everyone try really cool. it and come back to the comments and tell us, you know, what, what your experience with it was, or if it was a challenge and you couldn't do it, like whatever, we're not, you know, yeah, no going judgment. for the right answer here, um, <laughs> but would love to hear how it works for you. Because I think these kinds of practical tools are how we get from the idea of something. I love the idea of peace. I love the idea that I would really know who I am and prioritize myself, but I'm doing so much for so many people. How, how do I get from there to here? You know, yeah. and this gives you a little way just in this one episode that you can do to help get yourself there. So you, because it'll help you set those boundaries. It will help you choose yourself. It will help you you know, in all those um, ways that are uniquely yours for your path. So it'll, it'll give you a moment to think mm -hmm. and people pleasers don't have that in their programming. Mm -hmm. And uh, another really quick example, I was waiting tables 
and a woman, uh, another waitress who I wasn't, didn't necessarily have friendship with was going to get married. And she asked me if I would do the, the table flowers. I have, I'm, there's no floral background in my life, but she asked me if I would do all of our table settings. And I remember thinking to myself, well, this would be a weird thing to say yes to. And then I remember thinking, Ooh, the old me would have said yes right away. And then yes. the, mad the whole time I was doing right. them because right. I'm not even invited to the wedding. Right. Right. And all of a sudden I had a moment where I could, I could have that logic and say to her, yeah. well, I'm not really participating in the wedding. Maybe you could like ask somebody that's, you know, actively going to their or invited, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> right. Right. It, it, but gives, it, you does, it gives you that, it gives you the chance to make a choice for yourself instead of just going out of the habit, which is the way I tend to talk about people pleasing. It's really just a series of habits and the yes. habit is sure. I'll do that. Sure. Yep. And then later it's like, what the hell? I I don't do flowers. I'm not even invited to the wedding. And then we're resentful. Yeah. You know? And so Mm -hmm. it gives us that way to interrupt the pattern enough to go, wait a minute, what would I want to choose here? And it's not about the yes or no. Like you could have taken that pause and just chosen. Yeah. I think even though I'm not invited to the wedding and maybe even though this isn't really my thing, sure. I sure. want to do that for her. I'm Great, a helpful coworker. Fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But it's taking that moment to actually make the choice of it. And this is, is the first step to intuition. Mm-hmm. This is checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how you access your intuition. You start to check in with yourself and then your intuition starts to speak. Yeah, because somebody's listening to it. Yes, exactly. I always describe when I'm, a lot of times, it's not always, but a lot of times in in one-on-one work, when a client's feeling really disconnected from their own inner wisdom, I'll be like, well, so imagine you've got a kid that you've paid no attention to for five years, and now suddenly you want to have a conversation? Yeah. They're going to be over in the corner saying, uh, 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 like, I don't trust you. Who are you? What are you doing here? Why should I be talking to you? Stranger danger, you know, whatever, because it's not a part of ourselves. We've cultivated a relationship with, and I, I really, that's another way I like to think of my inner wisdom is I like, again, it's always there. It's only me who leaves her, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but so it's a relationship. I need to get to know her. I need to spend time with her. I need to prioritize her the same way we would do in a romantic relationship. All of a sudden we make room in our life for something that a month before we would have had no time for. There's no time for that, you know, and there's always time when we want it. It, We have to to also say uh, that we can Yes. Because here's that child of five years and you have a conversation. And when they actually start speaking to you, you don't hear anything. Their mouth is moving, but you don't hear it because you have a lifetime of saying, I can't hear my intuition. I don't get in. So we need to also be saying, I can hear my intuition. My intuition comes through clearly so we can hear that interaction. Yes. Super beautiful. That's probably the perfect place to put a bow on this episode. Oh, Love it. to put a bow bow on it. Put a bow bow. So, bow bow. I'm sure that's never happened to you before. Like me having a last name of Florida and all the hurricane jokes I get. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so thank you so much. I really value, and I know the audience does as well, everything that you've said and appreciate your openness and sharing with us your story and this fantastic tool that I'll probably still get. What are the letters? Ground? GCP. Yep. CP. What's the C? Clear. Clear, not calms. Clear. Okay. Yeah. 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 And protect. So I love it. Everything for you to reach, Bo, will be in the show notes. And uh, I just, again, want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I, I was so looking forward to this. And this was a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Check out today's show notes to get any specific links for today and also to get links for your free resources 
a link to find out more about my self-coaching framework, the Solve It Method, and a questionnaire for those of you thinking about working with me one-on-one -on -one called Curious About Coaching. So thank you so much for being with me in this episode. As always, it means the world to me when you put a five-star review on whichever outlet you're listening to this podcast on. And I will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser.